0: Welcome to The Shannon Plan. This is episode 84, episode Brandon Lloyd, one of the more fun receivers that we have watched in a 49 uniform. I am Kyle Posey. I am joined, as always, by Akash. Akash, how are you?
1: What's up, KP? Just waiting on a potential Jimmy Garoppolo trade. I feel like that's all we've been talking about the last month since the season ended, yet it still hasn't happened.
0: So, on Wednesday morning, Tyreek Hill, Was granted permission to seek a trade from the Chiefs. So Tyreek Hill is going to be traded before Jimmy Garoppolo. That's where we are in the NFL offseason. Nobody expected the name Tyreek Hill to be traded, but money matters and he wants to be compensated as he should be. He's one of the most, he's not one of the most, he's definitely the most explosive player in the NFL and probably one of the fastest players that I've seen. So um, the two teams that are interested in Tyreek are both connected to the 49ers uh, Robert Sala, New York Jets, Mike McDaniel. Miami Dolphins. So we'll see how that works out for them. But let's let's bring it back to Jimmy as we always do. So as of right now, teams that need a quarterback. So we crossed the Saints off the list this week because they re-signed Jameis Winston. Um, They're dwindling and it feels like Jimmy's trade market is in quicksand right now that there's just it's essentially comes down to Seattle. But like, come on, is that like a feasible option? Or you have Carolina who it seems like that's essentially the only option for Jimmy, unless another team that we're not mentioning like the giants or the dolphins, like, and even then, like they both signed Tyrod and Teddy Bridgewater. So it doesn't seem like there's many options out there for Jimmy G. So is he going to be on the roster come training camp?
1: I think with what happened over the last week or so, it feels like a lock that he's on the roster until at least he gets healthy. So right around training camp and, and we've, we've made the analogy. 49ers kind of went into this offseason um, playing this game of poker. They had an okay hand and they were trying to cash out. And they were trying to turn Jimmy Garoppolo into a couple of second round picks, offload the contract, and really just kind of reset their team, right? Get younger, uh, get cheaper, be able to use that salary cap space and free agency. But, you know, a lot of questions came up did they overplay their hand? Did, you know, the circumstances just kind of lead to this? And I think it's a little bit of both, right? They probably overvalued Jimmy Garoppolo a little bit, you know, certain things happened that were maybe out of their control, like, who would have thought Deshaun Watson's, you know, criminal charges were going to get cleared right in the middle of free agency. And then, you know, the suitors that he picks, right, Atlanta uh, New Orleans and Cleveland ultimately leads to two of those quarterbacks getting upset in Matt Ryan and Baker Mayfield, which meant that two more quarterbacks became available. And ultimately, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo's uh, suitors just started to dwindle, like you mentioned. And, you know, in this game of musical chairs, the 49ers are kind of left standing at the end of it and all the seats are taken. And there's one seat left, I think, and that's Carolina. And what will they do is is interesting because, Matt Rule and and uh, new owner David Tepper under a lot of pressure to win. They've got the salary cap space as of yesterday. They cleared some uh, to potentially take on Jimmy Garoppolo's contract. It's just a matter of do they keep both him and Sam Darnold? Do they draft a rookie? Do they move Darnold? Not sure what happens there, but that seems to be the only logical uh, destination for Garoppolo. Otherwise,
0: I see him back with the 49ers. Yeah, I mean, you can, you can bring up the Texans if they don't want to roll with Davis Mills because they have the whole, you know, Nick uh, Casera, I believe is his name, the general manager. Uh, he drafted Jimmy, but that was in 2014. And he drafted Tom Brady's replacement in 2014. So he is not a very logical person. As I feel like what <laughs> we can conclude from that. Um, so there's Houston maybe, but yeah, it does come back to Carolina. But if you're Matt Rule, you have swung and missed every time at the quarterback position and yeah. if this is your last chance do you really want to go down with jimmy garoppolo as your core, like as your last chance quarterback that feels like um putting a lot on your plate and carolina is not really that they don't have a roster in a position to make the playoffs as it stands right now if you're the 49ers I would be asking for players instead, because we've talked about this a little bit where Carolina, they have early first round pick, but they don't pick again until uh, the the early fourth round. So in the hundreds, so without a second or a third round pick, um, poaching one of their young and up and coming players. Brian Burns. Yeah, right. People say Brian Burns, like uh, you might get hung up on if if you say that, but even like a safety, like Jeremy Chen, that would be great for the 49ers. And um, they could use him, but just coming back to Jimmy, Yeah, it it seems like the more you talk through scenarios, that the more he ends up on the 49ers roster come training camp. So that it sounds like a bad thing just because why would you want him on the roster during the offseason as you go through OTAs, as you go through minicamp? But Jimmy's not going to be able to throw. So he's not going to take away reps from Trey Lance in that sense. But when he is able to throw the last thing you want is your first year quarterback having to look over his shoulder having to worry about if he screws up he's coming out because for as many times as people were screaming for trey lance last year when jimmy messed up there's going to be no patience for a rookie at all especially knowing that the nfc is not strong it's not strong compared to the afc and the 49ers are in a position to win right away they have a strong roster and for as for as many faults as he has people are people remember what they want to remember. They're going to ignore Jimmy missing George Kittle in the first series of against the Rams game for a big play. And they're going to think about the team winning in the playoffs. And that's just how things work. That's how the human brain works. So um, I just, I don't think it's a wise business decision to bring him back and not, you know, that's ignoring the money um, that's ignoring the fit and everything else. That's just thinking of the human side of things of having Trey having look over his shoulder and then, um, will Jimmy even like be happy as a backup? Will Jimmy want to restructure his contract? Does he even see himself as a backup? Of course he doesn't because he's been in two NFC Championships in the last four years. Just that whole dynamic, it it's it's a head scratcher for me.
1: I mean, um, that that begs the question: Would he even be the backup?
0: Like, would yeah, would Kyle Shanahan not, just right? yeah?
1: Would I bet Kyle Shanahan would just roll with him as a starter and they would do exactly what they did in. 2021
0: imagine the blowback the blowback of so march 26 almost exactly a year ago um the 49ers traded up to number three to select a quarterback that by doing that they were telling us we do not believe in jimmy fast forward a year and we are now talking about jimmy being on the roster after it, it seemed like a foregone conclusion that he was going to traded last offseason which i felt like You know, that would have made the most sense. That would have been the time to maximize your value to get off of Jimmy and his contract and be able to, you know, do what other teams are doing in the NFL and building their roster around a team with a uh, rookie contract at quarterback. Not going to have that anymore. So what would a restructured Jimmy G contract look like? Is he going to come back? Because you, you do have Trey on a rookie deal, so I guess you can't afford Jimmy, but- um, are we talking like one year, 9 million, one year, 10 million, one year, 12 million?
1: A lot of people brought up restructures. I would just look for him to take a straight, I would just ask him to take a straight pay cut, right? So so you get into the summer, right? Most of these quarterback vacancies are already filled. The draft is over. So now some of the teams with bridge quarterbacks have rookie quarterbacks. You'd assume, you know, Pittsburgh drafts Carolina, Atlanta, you know, these teams have bridge, bridge starters already a quarterback. So why would they trade or sign for Jimmy Garoppolo? So, you probably tell Camp Garoppolo, hey, we're going to cut your base salary, which is unguaranteed, from $25.5 million to, let's say, $12 million or something in that neighborhood, right? $12, $15 million, whatever. And you say, you can take it or you can find a different offer somewhere, right? Because at that point, if they release him, he's healthy. They don't have to worry about the $7.5 million, uh, et cetera. And At that point, like, what is Don Yee and Jimmy Garoppolo going to do, right? Do they just accept the pay cut, come back? Do they try to find a different team? Do they look for a trade at that point? So I think the leverage would swing back in the 49ers' favor. And, you know, what's the easiest way for Trey Lance to prove that he should be the starter? Perform really well in OTAs. He's going to have all the reps this offseason. He has his offseason, the second offseason under his belt. You know, another offseason with the playbook. Just come in. Prove that you should be the starter and the 49ers will look to do something to move off Jimmy Garoppolo. Just give them a reason
0: to show that you're the starter. And I think they would move accordingly. So this is a rhetorical question because I don't think it's fair, but how many rookie quarterbacks have had to deal with that? Where we traded for you last year and now this off season, for you to show us that you're worthy, you are going to have to, you know, perform well in OTAs, perform well in minicamp. If not, we're going to bring this guy back who has been middling at best. And I know there are plenty of advanced stats that would disagree with that, but we have to be, I mean, I think it's trademarked speech for itself. And sure. Jimmy's injury plays a factor in that as far as his shoulder injury and not being able to throw until perhaps July, but Kyle Shannon is the 49ers offense. Like these guys get open because of Kyle Shannon. When you, when you think about it. And if I were to ask you, what was the best play Jimmy made during the playoffs? Your list is not going to be very long, and because maybe a slant of that, to George. Right, Kittle that's what I'm like saying. Third and
1: five or something like that. Maybe in Green Bay on the final drive. Yeah,
0: when you have to elevate players, like that's when you know you need your best players to step up and elevate the players around him. And I, I never really got the sense that Jimmy did that. Knowing that, um, to tell your rookie quarterback, "Hey, um, still thinking about bringing Jimmy back. in. if not, he's a, you know, if you don't perform, he's a guy." that just seems like bad business. And that's when I come back to the human side of things where, it, and we know that we talked about, you know, would the players like Jimmy, would the players like Trey? Like, in their minds, it's probably Jimmy, but there has to be, and it's easy to point out Brandon Ayuk, and it's also, I think we're ignoring, it, why why would it only be Brand Ayuk who, who would want Trey Lance? Um, somebody else has to be, quote unquote, fed up, like most of the 49ers fan base is. Um, yeah, just, it seems like I mean, disaster might be too strong, but it's just a an easy way to divide your locker room.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I just, I think it, you know, a lot of people try to compare this to the Patrick Mahomes, Alex Smith situation. The one thing with that is I think Patrick Mahomes really put the Chiefs coaching staff at ease in terms of like, we can just turn this team over to this guy and we're just going to hit the ground running. I'm not sure if the 49ers coaches feel exactly the same way. I think they're happy with Trey Lance's development and what he's shown this last year, but he was just that big of a project that they're still not entirely comfortable. It's so what they tell you just based on their actions, right? Based on the fact that they're still holding on to Jimmy Garoppolo and the and the fact that he's probably going to return to training camp. Tells you kind of what they, how they feel about that.
0: Yeah, I wonder, <clears throat> again, like how much of the trade market was a surprise to the 49ers? Because, you know, by holding on to him this entire time, like they were, They had to be rock solid, confident that they were able to, or they were going to get multiple day two first round picks. Shoot. This time last year, we are talking about receiving a first round pick for Jimmy. And I think that they thought that, you know, letting him play that that would increase his his value. But as we said um, every year ever, it feels like like he's going to be the same player and the NFL knows that we all know that. And it seems like the 49ers were the only people uh, that didn't know that. So, uh, we're gonna take a quick break here. When we come back, we're gonna just continue to talk about a little bit of Fortnite's offseason. Before we do that, that trade has became official. So the Chiefs did send Tyree Kill to the Dolphins. The Dolphins are getting are sending 22 first round, second round, fourth round, and then a 23, fourth, and sixth round. Does that seem like not enough? Or That's a much? lot for a wide yeah. receiver. Five That's draft picks five, five draft picks. 28-year-old. He is the most explosive receiver. Like, there's no doubt about it. And him and
1: Jalen Waddle is going to be a ton of speed for Mike McDaniel. I'm sure they're going to be super creative in how they get those guys the ball. It's going to be really fun to watch, but that's a lot. And uh, that's the 49ers' first-round pick. So that's pick 29 Yeah. going to Kansas City. So in back-to-back years, the the Dolphins have used the 49ers' first-round pick to go get a wide receiver. (laughs) Last year, Jalen Waddle. This year, Tyreek Hill. Never thought Miami Mike would be an
0: F them picks guy, but turns out he is. Hey, he saw McVeigh. He knows what it's like. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Okay, so we are back. And a big part of this offseason is, you know, why aren't the 49ers spending money? Like, why aren't they more aggressive on the market? It comes back to a lot of Jimmy conversations, but you and our producer, Rob, you went back and forth a little bit on Twitter about this. And just talking, is this because – if the 49ers were to have the cap space available, let's say, you know, that $25 million worth of books, would the 49ers have spent more money? Would they have been more aggressive or would they have just sit idle like they have? Because this off season and even coming in this off season, I don't think anybody really got the sense that, you know, they were going to be the guys going after this player, this player, this player, like we knew cornerback was an issue, but after that, um, nobody else like, you know, what, what positions were they going to go So Traveris Ward, um, that that was their their key signing. And their their big splash signing, Traveris Ward, is going to make like $3 million in 2022. So it's not like um, they really opened the checkbook this offseason. Aside from that, you know, George Odom, safety, special teamer. Uh, Ray Room Cloud is probably going to cover kicks and be the power turn. He might get some snaps um, just on offense. Oren Burks linebacker another special teamer so there's there's not really these signings that are moving the needle and as a fan when you see these other names being tossed around like why isn't my team doing that so it's fair but uh, is there any, let me ask you this I guess, do you think the 49ers would have used the money to be aggressive if Jimmy wasn't on the roster. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I, I gotta start out by saying you know sources say you know there, there's no uh no beef between rob and and uh, myself on this <laughs> podcast you know <laughs> we
0: had
1: we had a players only meeting you know last night yeah. and uh, wow. we uh, squashed the beef so to say but <laughs> <laughs> um no i think the point i was just trying to make is that if you just kind of take a step back i think even if the 49ers had that either 18 or $25 million, right? Because if they cut him, they'd really only get the $18 million because the seven and a half would be guaranteed to him because he would have failed his physical. If they traded him, they would have the 25. I still think they wouldn't have made some of the moves that, you know, some of the folks want to see, like a Chandler Jones or a Von Miller or whatever, right? Chandler Jones and Von Miller, their cap hits this season, I think are about five and $7 million combined. A lot of that money is in the future years of the deal, which the 49ers have no problem doing because Jimmy Garoppolo's cap hit would be off the books anyways. And so, you know, in free agency, a lot of the stuff is a two-way street, right? It's the players got to like you. They got to buy into what you're believing as well. And you're going to have to throw money at them and good deals for both those guys. But I don't think the 49ers would have been willing to do that deal, even if they had the extra cap space. I think the 49ers really viewed this offseason as let's go ahead and upgrade at the at two of the weakest spots on our team, which last season it was cornerback and it was special teams. And I think they've set out to done set out to do that. Now that isn't to say that they have a perfect roster. That isn't to say that they're dramatically better than they were last season. I still think they have a ton of holes, but I think they've been good at waiting out the free agent market in past years and signing a lot of guys late and bringing them back on cheaper deals. And then being able to uh, kind of mold those guys at the season, as the season goes. I mean, last season, Arden Key, great example, right? He was a player that was signed later into free agency, a million bucks, and he was fantastic for them down the stretch. Same thing with, they brought back Kwaski Tard, DJ Jones, and some of these guys that were just, that were key contributors for the team, and I expect them to make some of more of those moves, rather than some of the splash plays, like a, you know, you know, pick your your name. Um, And then the other thing is, a lot of people thought, you know, Chasey Jackson would have been here if it weren't for Jimmy Garoppolo, but i mean the big thing with Tarverius ward is his deal is essentially a two-year like 28 million dollar deal whereas jc jackson's deal really doesn't have uh you know an out in his contract till like multiple years into the deal so there's a lot more guaranteed money there and i don't know if the 49ers would have done that even though he's the better player so um if you just just follow some of their moves i don't i don't know if they would have spent the money that was cleared out by jimmy garoppolo which i think would have frustrated more fans if they had traded him i still think they'd have a lot of cap space left and ultimately that would have gone to extensions for debo samuel and nick nick bosa later in the summer and i think people would have been like man they're just sitting with the money on there sitting with sitting on their hands with this money which ultimately i think is what they would have done
0: yeah i think that's a good point just to spin it because imagine if the 49ers were sitting with like $35 million in cap space and didn't sign any of these players, that would be hilarious to watch Twitter every day because of course, like Jadavion Clowney, Stephon Gilm, like there are plenty of names available, like in some that probably shouldn't be in the Bay Area, i.e. Tyron Matthew, but um, yeah, people naturally just want their teams to be aggressive. Okay, so Jimmy stays on the roster. What does this mean for a Debo? a bosa extension like how is that going to affect him because again you have to assume that if he is on the roster there will be some type of pay cut but still um that that is a fair question to ask i, I imagine
1: 100 percent. right now they just don't have the space to do those extensions so if he's on the roster come you know closer to the season i'd imagine there has to be some sort of pay cut he's not playing at his current 27 million dollar cap figure Cause i'm sure they have that money or a lot of that money earmarked for those two extensions and um because his salary is non-guaranteed and he's a vested veteran that salary technically doesn't become guaranteed until week one so after week one he gets his 25 million dollars no matter what it's not like some of the younger guys where they get paid in like installments so um Yeah, so I I would say either you're looking at a pay cut for Jimmy Garoppolo or he's just not on the team come, you know, July, you know, once he gets healthy. But that's a we'll see when we get there type problem. As for the extensions, it kind of tells you how they view Debo Samuel and Nick Bosa. They view those guys as we're going to keep them around because they didn't go ahead and make splash plays in free agency or whatever, right, to then close up some of that cap space. They've made some of these smaller moves to kind of patch up different holes on their team which tells you they feel pretty strongly about the core they have, right? They restructured Eric Armstead and George Kittle. They're going to be here for a while. Trent Williams is on a big contract. He's not going anywhere. Pretty sure they're going to extend Debo Samuel, Nick Bo. So they're going to keep those guys around. Fred Warner's not going anywhere, right? The core foundational guys on this team are young. They're staying around. They're under contract, which is what you want. Now, if they can just get this quarterback position sorted (laughs) out and some of the other holes figured out, they're going to be right in the thick of things.
0: Yeah, so let's let's kind of talk about that. So where the 49ers sit in relation to the rest of the NFC. Um, so as it stands right now, the Rams are still probably the cream of the crop of the NFC. And I don't know how far the 49ers are behind them. Like according to Vegas sides, not far at all. I believe the um, oh, Jordan Willis. Breaking news. <laughs> Breaking news on the Shannon plan. <laughs> Who said the 49ers aren't aggressive? Jordan Willis back on a one year deal take that chandler jones take that Jadavion Clowney! the 49ers are back so that you have to bring back some type of edge depth signing and whether that i don't i don't know if this closes the door to like an arden key but it i mean it, it makes sense after the special teams year he had after that pump block obviously you're probably going to bring him back but I, I still think they need to um bring another whether that is in the draft, whether that's another veteran type of guy on the free agent market, they could still stand and bring back another edge rusher back. But Willis, like he was even in training camp before he was suspended for those first half of the season, like he was, um, like he was one of the only guys beating, uh, <laughs> freaking Trent Williams in practice. So like he, he can play. It's just a matter of how much he'll give you, but solid depth ed signing there. Um, Jordan Willis is back one year deal, probably for a veteran minimum, probably not, um, nothing too crazy here but all right yeah as far as the rest of the nfc goes so the packers who don't have Devonte adams thank god and by the way do you remember how much he was killing the 49ers in that first quarter first half of that nfc playoff game because they did not have an answer for him and d'amico ryan's just threw his hands and was like all right man we're just gonna start doubling this dude because he cannot beat us and sure enough the packers didn't so the packers and to-
1: went like
0: <laughs> you know it. <laughs> the Packers, um, they do have two first round picks, but they're I don't care how strong you feel about this draft. They're not drafting Devontae Adams in the first round. So you have the Rams, you have the Packers, the Bucks chose to run it back. Um, I I think they're they're good, but I don't think that they're like best of the nfc type good but those are probably the three teams that we're looking at that i don't want to say ahead but are are giving the 49ers a run for their money as far as the best teams in nfc so even after talking about you know questions at quarterback questions that we'll get into at other positions um it still feels like the the 49ers are in a good position to to for sure make the playoffs but for to contend as nfc title
1: right that's the thing and when you're in the weeds in the middle of free agency and other teams are signing players like my team isn't doing anything and then you kind of just step back and you take a look and you're like, well, the 49ers, you know, they lost DJ Jones and Lakin and Tomlinson, which hurts, but I think they think that they have uh, replacements in house, younger guys that they could potentially fill, which is a risk, right? Because you're, you're asking rookies or younger players to step up in roles that veterans have filled and done a, a good job of, but that's kind of just how this, how the team building goes. And then they've plugged in some other holes that they had, right? They got in, they got Charvarius Ward um, at corner, now really solidifying that spot. Uh, special teams was a major disaster, and they made three signings there, right? They've, they really dedicated a, a decent amount of their resources this offseason to go and improve that part of their team because they think it cost them multiple games last season. And then, like you mentioned, you look around at the NFC, and a lot of people, I think, they keep thinking that the Rams and Bucks are just like all in, they're making all these splash plays. And really, if you look at the Bucks' moves, it's just bringing back a lot of their own guys. Right. So, and then they lost a couple of their starters along the offensive line. And, you know, they made a trade for Shaq Mason. And I think the only real external free agent that they've added is Russell Gage so far, whatever you think of that. But, so they're largely the same team. And um, then you look at the Rams and the Rams lost a lot of players. And good players, you know, too. good players. I mean, Andrew Withward retired, Robert Woods traded, probably one of the best run blocking receivers von miller who was a monster in that championship game is a bill darius it Williams don't make starting
0: that corner. playoff run without von miller by the way no
1: and darius williams starting corner who we really like last offseason but i think his stock has taken a bit of a hit he's not on the team anymore uh sebastian joseph day who was kind of there, dj jones an interior defensive lineman right he's no longer there they lost an edge rusher odell beckham is hurt like is he going to return they lost a lot of guys that were a part of that Super Bowl run. And all they've done is add Allen Robinson to the mix. And so, you know, is their team significantly better on paper? I mean, Matt Zafford, another year in the offense, whatever. But you look around the NFC landscape, Russell Wilson's no longer there. Devontae Adams is no longer there. 49ers may not have gotten significantly better, but I think they've just kind of, they've just hung around. And some of these other teams may have gotten a little worse. And the 49ers have nine picks to go bolster their roster. And I'm sure they'll still make some, you know, uh kind of cheap flyer type moves uh throughout free the rest of free agency and kind of we'll see where the chips chips fall but i don't think they're they're significant they're as worse as um you know some of the fans may think just because of the lack of their moves
0: moves. yeah i think a lot of people just confuse activity with like achievement and i think that's the easiest way to put free agency like 49ers like as we said like they're in a position where they do have a strong core and they have a ton of good players and you can't undersell that. But let's talk about some of the holes that they do have. So uh cornerback rotation has been a big question. So the addition of Trevarius ward he's a perimeter corner, he's gonna stay on the outside. I, I think I've seen him, I don't have the exact slot numbers, but I, I it's only been a, a couple times um that I that I remember watching him in the slot, and that's only by way of like motion and formation. So you have Emmanuel Mosley, you have Diamondor Lenore, you have Ambry Thomas. The logical thing that we and we kind of hinted at this last week would be, um, assuming they don't draft anybody else, to have Ambry Thomas play on the outside and Emmanuel Mosley slide inside to corner in the slot on obvious passing downs. And for those that don't know, like Emmanuel Mosley has been practicing in the slot for the last couple of years. Like when Kwan Williams in training camp, specifically when when Kwan Williams wasn't on the field with the twos, Emmanuel Mosley would slide inside. And he was actually pretty good there and he has the movement skills. He's aggressive. He can tackle. So um, that would be an easy transition for him. And that would be another way to get Thomas on the field and allow him to continue to develop. The issue there would be now you have, you know, where Thomas is. And, you know, if that's me, if I'm Cliff Kingsbury, if I'm Seattle, like I'm putting DK Metcalf, I'm putting DeAndre Hopkins. I'm putting that person, my number one, wherever Thomas goes, and I'm going to quote unquote pick on him. So that would be something to keep an eye on. Um, but we'll see how the 49ers feel about Thomas based on what they do in the draft. But I imagine I don't. I don't think we see a high cornerback uh, selection. Here I don't think draft.
1: so either. The, um, the veteran slot corner market isn't very, very good either. And the other thing is, Emmanuel is a good tackler. So if he's veteran. your slot corner, which K1 Williams was asked to play, you know, uh, in run defense or in run support a lot, and I think Emmanuel Mosley would would fit in right, fit in well there. Uh, the other in-house option is Diamond or Lenore, but I'm not sure if the 49ers would throw a second year player out there when they have just a better option, uh, in Emmanuel Mosley to play that play that role. So I do th- I do think the the rotation that you propose is probably what's most likely. And it's been hinted at by
0: uh, several of the, the other writers as well. For sure. And which means it's probably not gonna happen and they're gonna draft this. <laughs> <out>. Um <laughs> okay. Offensive line is a big one. So Lincoln Thompson, no longer here. Left guard is a hole. Right guard is not a hole. Uh, Daniel Brunskill is probably viewed higher among the coaching staff than he is, you know, the, the fan base. Right tackle, perhaps a question mark, just because we don't know how healthy Mike McClellan is going to be. Will he even come back healthy? Will he be ready to play by the time the season is here? So those are three positions that you have to keep an eye on. And again, if we're assuming that, even if Jimmy is a starter, uh, the last thing you want is to have multiple new starters along the offensive line. Like, Tomlinson was a guy you could depend on. Like, if you were going to suit up every Sunday, you know Tomlinson was going to be out there and you know what you were going to get from him. Now, we are looking at the potential of Jalen Moore, who I hope wins <laughs> the job, or Aaron Banks, who could be like a serviceable guy. Who who, who knows, he could be a star. Like, that's another thing, we're, we're, we're all guessing. Uh, When it comes like these projections, we don't know what to expect. The reason I lean more is because I've seen him move against NFL players and he looks like a big, strong athlete who could get to his spots, both in the run and passing game, Um, like the mental mistakes that he had. like that's going to happen for any rookie. That doesn't bother me too much. Whereas everything that we've heard from Banks, like when I watched Banks move, it did not look like a player who is going to thrive in Kyle Shanahan's scheme. Again, that was a year ago. That could change but that is also more wishful thinking as well. Um, True. John John
1: which, Lynch did allude to banks like changing his body to kind of fit the right. scheme. So that would kind line of up too. with what, which would line up with what you you're saying, right? He physically didn't um fit the requirements for the position, so maybe he comes into this offseason looking a little better, but based on their lack of, you know, signing a guard, trading for a guard, whatever, they believe the answer is in-house or in the draft. Right. right? is is what they're telling
0: you saw Rand Carthen at a pro day. Talk about that.
1: Rand Carthen, the director of Pro Personnel. Rand Carthen was actually, he was in the news for a couple of things yesterday. So, first, the pro day. So he was at Nebraska's Pro Day. And Nebraska has this uh, center, Cam Jurgens, that had a fantastic combine. He was one of those combine superstars that was um, he just excelled at all the individual drills and the positional drills and would be one of the two best center candidates. It's either him or Iowa's uh, Tyler Linderbaum. So gives you another window to how the 49ers are thinking because Alex Mack, last year of his contract, 37 years old, no center replacement on this roster. Maybe the 49ers take that player. Um, so if they do, I can't wait for, man, the 49ers third-round pick Cam Jurgens, was a red shirt, did not play the season because he was you know, learning under Alex Mack. So it is interesting that they sent someone that high up in their personal staff personal department out to a pro day. Um, Rand Carthen, I think he ran pro personnel for a couple of years, and now he just runs all personnel. So I know you've you've mentioned that he's kind of rising up the board in, in the GM ranks. So I'm sure that's his way of getting expertise in the collegiate side of things as well. Um, and then the other thing you heard on Rand Carthen is he was the primary negotiator in Charvarius Ward's deal yesterday. Um, I saw Charvarius Ward's agent say that, so. Also gives you a window into how, how responsible some of these lower level guys are in terms of handling free agency and draft, and it's not all John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan. I,
0: I was, I'm saying this somewhat tongue in cheek, but what does John Lynch do for this <laughs> organization? When we read, because we read about this a lot, whether it's Peters, whether it's Carthen, shoot, whether it's Shanahan, um, where does where does Lynch fit into this puzzle? But that is a conversation for a whole other day. But Cam Juergens is a, you know, he's a very athletic guy. Like if you guys just go to Twitter, search Cam Juergens, go to the video tab, and you will see him mauling dudes. Like, he has blocks where he has, he's driving guys like 20 yards down the field. I imagine that, and his athleticism, and just his raw strength in general, have to be appetizing for, you know, a, a an offense that asks a lot of their offensive linemen, especially when it comes to running and moving. So offensive line has to be shored up, especially, you know, for no matter who's that quarterback. But uh, the last one I think is safety. So like, what do they do at safety? Uh, Jaquaski Tartt, probably out of here. Quasi uh, was, I, I think he's a very good player. Obviously the door is more than likely closed based on, I mean, the market is, he was never going to have a big market this off season based on his production. And I would imagine the 49ers using one of their first couple of picks on a safety in the draft. Uh, That's probably right around the sweet spot for a safety in this draft. It depends, like, how they feel. Do they want, you know, a guy who fits more in the box? Are they going to want more of a slot guy, a guy who's going to play deep? Uh, That will depend. What do you think happens here at safety? Like, are they going to – is that going to be their priority in the draft, finding a safety?
1: I think they add one at some point, but I don't think it's as big of a priority as some of the folks on 49ers. Uh, twitter think it think that you know how they view safety i think they really like talento they get Tarverius Moore coming off the torn achilles right they added george odom who i think is going to compete for a safety spot they've got jimmy wardlock now one one side so i don't think they're going to add a safety as high as we think i think like we talked about adding an interior offensive lineman adding an edge rusher probably a higher priority and something that they value earlier in the draft than a safety is what is how I imagine. I mean, look at where they've added safeties in this, you know, in, you know, throughout the four years, right? They've drafted right. Tarverius Moore late, drafted talano Hufanga late. They've added guys on flyer deals late, right? They haven't spent a value pick back there, a high value pick. So I don't expect that to change.
0: Is more a sneaky candidate to start here because for what Ryan's does, I feel like it would be tough to find a better. And again, he like he hasn't really proven much. And he was one of my draft crush. So I'm still hanging on by a thread, <laughs> hoping that Tarvey's more fans out. But he's a crazy athlete. And yes, he's coming off with Torin Achilles, And it's it's naive to assume that he's going to be this four through three guy who still jumps out of the gym, but he could cover. Like he was in the slot in 2019 when they had all of those dudes, he would still rotate in and give the team quality snaps. I just think his talent for what the 49ers would want would be better than having a Hofunga out there, but
1: maybe that's just there.
0: wishful thinking on my part. Maybe, um, you know, who knows how he recovers again, but, you know, one year, give him a shot. He can run, he can hit, he could cover. And he has, he has speed. Like, And I think team speed on defense is what really set the 49ers apart. And I feel like Hill would just give them, Um, just so much more to work with even as a blitzer Um, but again they could find they could be in love with somebody in the draft in that 60 range or even in that in the third round range do you you think um, Tarverius Moore will be in the rotation I guess is maybe a better way to put it next year
1: health permitting I fully expect him to be in the mix right we I mean he's missed an entire season I have no idea what he looks like but if he's anywhere near the athlete he was in that 2019 season. I didn't expect him to be in the mix. I don't think Hufanga's showing shown enough to have that starting spot locked down.
0: But uh, no, 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 no. Um, okay, I think that'll do it for us. We have touched on pretty much every um, topic, which means that something new is going to happen any second now for the 49ers. We hit you with the breaking news of Jordan Willis coming back to the 49ers. Tyreek Hill also traded. And we now just wait to see what's next for the 49ers. Please rate, subscribe, review, leave us five stars, wherever it is that you get your podcast. You can follow me on Twitter, KP underscore show. Uh, still haven't really gotten into the draft. I started watching some safeties. Uh, I just get so bored out of my mind watching these guys that it's it's uh, it's tough to stay locked in because, again, the 49ers don't pick until 61. So who knows when these guys can be available? Gosh, um, where, where can we follow you?
1: Follow me at Twitter at A-K-A-S-H-A-N-A-V. Once again, appreciate everyone for listening. Subscribe rate review, Nation Podcast Network. Go drop a review. We appreciate you for listening, sticking with us through the off season
0: and go night.